0: all through corporate America and my corporate career, I tried to be this person that I wasn't and wear all the jewelry. And and mm-hmm. I appreciate all the people that do that, but I'm like, it's just not me. So I tried to fit this specific mold because I thought that's what would lead me to success. And I'm like, no, success? I wish I could tell my younger self, success is when you are yourself doing what you love. And sure. I know that sounds so cliche, but if 21-year-old me could see where I am now, I'm like, please just don't go do don't go do those crazy things and try and fit molds that aren't you um so yeah i think that's the biggest piece
1: welcome to the online creator podcast i'm your host kim tradewell founder of may and james co a creative digital company building a brand is about human connection i am here to help you articulate your story through strategy development and execution I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now, let's get into the show. Amber Figlow is the owner of A Creative Company. As a content strategist, coach, and speaker, she serves and educates women business owners in the creative industry. She has helped hundreds of small business owners through her one on one services, her membership, her products, and as a content ecosystem expert. With over 10 years of experience as a side hustler turned freelancer turned full-time entrepreneur, she has spent her time learning the ins and outs of the digital marketing space, working for Fortune 500 companies and local small businesses, and now running a successful small business of her own. Welcome to the conversation, Amber. Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. I'm so excited to get to know you better and to hear more about who you are and what you're all about. I'm going to like put it out there. When I think about content strategists, marketer, online entrepreneur, I absolutely think of you when it comes to the go-to girl and the expert in your field because you have really paved a path for transitioning and evolving and, and with a purpose. And it's so inspiring. And I really do appreciate your time. So thank you for joining me.
0: Of course. And thank you for your kind words. I appreciate <laughs> it so much. Yeah,
1: <laughs> for sure. So the first question I ask all my guests, because this whole first season, I'm really just leaning into um, sharing stories about how people have leveraged their voice in business. And it may look different from where you started to where you are now. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like
0: for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I've done freelancing. I've been in marketing for 10 years and I always did like freelancing. I had side hustles. And in the beginning... I thought I had to fit this perfect mold, be super professional um, in anything that I do. And as I ventured into actual full-time entrepreneurship, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this my own way. And it was really scary. And a lot of people, I'm sure most people have heard of Gary Vee, if not, are familiar with his type of work. I There's one thing I do agree with. I don't agree with him on a lot of things. But the showing up as yourself authentically, and for me, that looks like I wear like not the coolest clothes I'm like I know I'm basic I know uh, I love jeans and I love a good curse word so using my voice in that way and just kind of not almost not caring what people think that's how I have transformed uh, you know since the beginning again I was just this kind of I would almost say timid uh, and a little bit shy and like I'm just this poised little perfect thing and you know what I was like that is so not me and that's what I thought I had to be and moving into my whole brand of A Creative Co and where I want this to go is just to know that I'm authentically being myself. Uh, so that's kind of been my big transition, especially over the last 10 years, but definitely in the last year or two, for sure.
1: Okay, so let's lean into that a little bit more. When you work with clients, now that you have found your voice and how that resonates with your listeners, how do you help clients find theirs? Because... It's Yeah, like some people just don't like, yeah, I would consider myself, uh, I'm definitely just finding my own voice on this online space too, because I feel like it's such a, it's so weird out here, (laughs) right? It's not traditional business. So how do you help clients find their own voice so that they feel more confident and comfortable with how they are representing themselves and their business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So kind of one of my biggest tricks uh, when I've, you know, worked with clients in the past, whether it's content strategy, social media strategy, whatever that looks like, I really lean into this is like a hard tactic here. If I need something from them, I ask them to send me a voice memo because then I can hear it actually the way that they talk. So if I have a particular question about their brand and a lot of people will be like, oh, fill out this form, let me get this, let me get that and all these very hard kind of deliverables and I'm like, send me a voice note. Tell me about your business. Tell me about X, Y, and Z, because then I can actually hear it from them from a point of passion and where they're feeling and how they're just the way that they talk certain words that they use. And I start to blend that into their content strategy. And by doing so, you pick up on these key little things like everybody has little phrases or they have certain ways of talking about certain things. I love to use slang and emojis. And that's what I really lean into. But then I've had clients in the past that speak so eloquently and I'm like, OK, let's lean into some of this heavier um, type of vernacular and things like that. But yeah, so that's kind of a hard tactic and tip that I use. And and anybody can implement that, even if you voice record yourself and look back on it, because I'll do that sometimes. And I pick up on little phrases that I absolutely love to say, um, you know, like my, one of my big ones is, yes, like Y-A-S-S-S-S-S. Like I even say that in, yeah. in real life. So blend that into your marketing, because that's what's going to help you feel like you're being more authentic. It's going to help build that voice and, and, you know, kind of elevate your brand as well.
1: Well, I love that piece of advice because I'm all about ob- audio, obviously, yes. and for so many strong reasons and reasons that you have already mentioned. And so one of the things that I've been implementing recently has been like audio testimonials instead of typical written ones. And, you know, I ask my clients if they're comfortable with the voice memo and they're like, well, it is a little different, but it's not a video one. So I'm okay." (laughs) But you can you know, it's funny because video does like it's hard for a lot of people, but audio can be, too, until you get used to it. But what I love about it, like you said, is that you can really hear their excitement when they have worked with you or projects worked really well. And that doesn't resonate over words, like when you're just reading a exactly. static post, right? Yep. So exactly, hearing that you use that as a tactic to work with your clients to really pull out their voice is reassuring and confident that I'm definitely on the right path with that. <laughs> so that's yeah. good. And it's sure. good, right? Because you don't really even think about some of those things until you hear your voice back. And now that I started recording my own, I'm like, oh my gosh, do I ever say that? Or wow, well, do I talk like that? It's so weird, Absolutely. but that's who I am. So Absolutely. take me or, or leave me. This is this is Kim.
0: Yeah. My biggest one that I, when I started recording myself and seeing my videos and things like that, I say the word like a lot. Um, I've definitely toned it down because I'm working on my public speaking, yes. but I still even start to, in my captions, I will still put that like factor in there and just like, like this, like that. Because it's just the way I talk and mm-hmm. starting to, even in your caption writing, if you say um a lot, I know people are like, you're not supposed to do that. Of course, you know, you don't want um every other word, but even in your marketing, I still do it. I'll put um in the caption, in the written copy. Oh, just, I
1: love that. That's,
0: that's how we talk. That's, yes. That brings in that authenticity. Obviously don't inject it in there if that's not who you are. But if you have those little euphemisms and kind of terms, mm. throw them in there across the board.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I am very aware of that when I'm editing a client's audio feed too. Like, I don't take out everything because I'm like, then that doesn't really make sense to who not feel
0: It doesn't feel like a conversation at that point. Sure doesn't.
1: It Mm -hmm. sure doesn't. Okay. So now that you have recorded yourself a little bit more and you are talking in your own voice more, has that brought on more opportunities? Because you have said that you want to speak more in front of you know, in real life, probably, and in summits more and all those good things. Has has putting yourself out there and recording yourself more helped you build confidence or like what has it done for you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously my my big thing is video. Obviously, there is an audio audio component to video, of course. So getting out there and really just pushing myself to the limit when it comes to video and testing new things and being creative yes, it has given me quite a few speaking opportunities. You know, over the last two years in my business, I've been very fortunate to have quite a few opportunities. And this year into 2023, I'm really looking to make it like a big part of my brand and podcast exclusive. I did apply. I'm still in the process, but I applied to be a TEDx speaker. And so I'm very excited. I moved on to the next stage of the process. It's like a three month long process, but You know, securing that, even having that opportunity to know that somebody acknowledged who I was as a brand and even thought and considered to bring me into that next stage, whether I get the 10x talk or not. I think it's absolutely incredible. And I just don't shy away from who I am. I like to tell my story. I like to, again, I found my voice, I think. Um, But in the same respect, just know that what comes with that, too, is sometimes there's going to be hesitation from certain people. I uh, I always warn people, you know, I do have a spicier vocabulary at times. I do tone it down based on the audience. You know, mm-hmm. we always want to keep things family friendly if that's the brand that I'm For representing sure. or supporting. Yep. But, um, you know, I had said one curse word at a like, Q&A session that I had done and somebody gave some very negative feedback on the curse word <laughs> that I had yeah. said. Yeah. So just know that finding your voice, you are going to have people in opposition and that that's OK. Um, yeah. so just take it with a grain of salt. And I was honestly, we were talking about TikTok and I was repeating what a TikTok had said, but it did oh have a curse word fit. in
1: it. <laughs> right. That is so crazy. But that's so, good advice. And like yeah. how exciting. How exciting yeah. being in that process. You. So yeah. you you mentioned earlier that you um found yourself being a little bit more timid, like your personality. Is that something that so has speaking been something that you've always just worked on to be where you are now? Like how, what were you
0: like when you first started then? Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been the person, ever since I was in like middle school, high school, tried to overachieve everything. Um, So I've always loved being out there. I definitely was that kid that everybody's like, can you please just shut up, Amber? Like So in the same sense as I felt very timid and shy in my personality, I've always been very vocal. I've always been loud and I found myself I grew that personality throughout middle school, high school as a young adult. And then I found myself as an entrepreneur trying to tone it down. So in the beginning, that's where I was trying to tone it down. I'm like, I have to be professional. This isn't professional anymore because I had received negative feedback on it in the past. So the timid shyness wasn't always a part of my personality. It wasn't always, you know, a part of my voice. But I toned myself down thinking that's what I needed to do to be successful in this industry. And I found that it's the exact opposite. It's okay that, you know, I'm a little bit more vocal. I'm a little bit more loud. And yeah, most of the time I have to tone down my voice a bit, um, depending upon the audience. But knowing that I'm staying true to myself uh, has really helped propel me forward and has helped my personal brand immensely.
1: Yes, you probably work out with a variety of different people and have in the past. So I think this yeah. is really interesting. And it's something that I have heard, too, and I'm sure you have, like you just mentioned, you had to felt like you had to tone it down. And then I have others that I have to like bring say, it up. it's okay to bring up the phone. Like that's- it's okay to like, right. So it's interesting because we all are on this like playing field and we just have to figure out where, where we're comfortable at and how we can gently nudge ourselves to whichever direction it is. And it's okay. It's okay yeah. to be, you know, find that direction and keep working on wherever, whatever stage we're at. So I think that's really, really good to hear because, um, crazy that you had to felt like you had to turn yourself down to be here.
0: Yes. So crazy. Yeah, so crazy. for sure.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay. So you are on so many different platforms. You are on TikTok and YouTube. YouTube's fairly new for you, right? Like within Correct. the last year?
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I, I really tried the whole YouTube thing and I'm going to be completely honest. I got really burnt out. I you know, even being in this industry for so long, I knew it was going to be a project. I didn't think it was going to be that big of a project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, you know, seamlessly seamlessly into my content workflow. Yeah. So I did about a year's worth of content because the person that I learned from um, just what I've heard in the industry, get out your first 50 videos. They're going to be crap. So basically, right. that's what I did is yeah. I was like, I'm going to put it out there, see what resonates. And then I decided to take a little hiatus because I was like, I want to do this right. So I took some time off and I'm actually ready to gear up in 2023. I have a backlog of like two months worth of amazing content now. Wow. So I took that break from YouTube and it really propelled me forward. I was able to secure some team members to really help me do it the right way. Cause I wasn't doing it the right way at first. It was more of an experiment. So yeah, I am newer to YouTube and you know, I'm really, that's going to be a key part of my content strategy in 2023. It's going to be a big priority for sure.
1: That's awesome. And that's what I always tell people. I said, you have to pick like one of the big platforms. You're either blogging, you're videoing or you're speaking like through just audio only. So I said like, you have to pick one of those and really lean into it because you can't do all of them right at the start. You can you can kind of evolve and take things out like if you're doing video only you can pull audio from it or but it's still different for each platform right the end user yeah. is watching or um you know doing that. they're taking in your content in a different way is what I'm trying yeah. to say so yeah I like YouTube totally intimidates me too like it's so funny because yeah. podcasting intimidates a lot of people too and so does blogging but <laughs> but yeah like figuring out that you Taking the break, I think, is really important for people to hear because that's okay to give yourself that grace period and then to reevaluate it where you are. And then to be saying like, oh, yeah, I need I need help. I need help. It's like, how is that for you? Like, and so now you have like a bit of a team to be able Mm -hmm. to move this forward. Was that a difficult process
0: for you? Yes, because I am, uh, just to give the listeners some background if they don't yeah. know who I am, um, very type A Virgo energy control freak. Let's just lay it out there. I am, I'm a bit of a control freak. So I've always had team members come in and out of my business. But this level of relying on a team member to help me do the thing that I love most, which is creating content, um, really leaning into marketing strategy. And I'm having somebody else help me with that. And it's so oh. hard to relinquish that control. And it's really funny because I thought finding that person would be the hardest. No, Mm -hmm. Uh, there are so many talented people out there. Luckily, the girl that I work with, she kind of fell into my lap at the perfect time. But relinquishing that control to her was probably the hardest part. She is the one editing my YouTube videos, managing my workflow now. And I'm like, oh, that scares me because that is my specialty. That is my expertise. And I'm like, no, Amber, if you're going to teach this. You also have to learn how to release the control as well. So you can then further educate other business owners. So that has been yeah. the hardest part by far.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, it would be so hard. I think for all of us, when we are like, these are kind of, we fall into whatever area of our business because we are passionate about it and we it's it what lights us up. So to be able to let some of that go is hard, but it's the only way for us to be able to do something and show up consistently without being exhausted, completely exhausted. Cause there's a yes. lot of us that are solopreneurs or just starting to build smaller teams. Right. And just totally. like you, I can really resonate with the, you know, build, 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 build your team. This is what we think we need to do. And then sitting back and going, I don't know if this is where I want to be. So I think a yeah. lot of people can resonate with that story. Was that, is that a hard transition for you to be able to be like, uh, the agency model isn't for me and to be able to, say that? Because that was about a year ago too for you, right?
0: Yep, correct. Yeah. So to give, again, the listeners a little context, I started this journey as a social media manager, social media, and grew it into a social media agency. Had multiple Uh team members, over 10 clients at a point, you know, really scaling to have that small to medium level boutique social media agency. And it was one of those things that I grew so rapidly over the pandemic because everybody shifted online and they needed that support, which I was very grateful at the time because when the pandemic first hit, I thought I'd have to close doors. I was just like everybody else was like, there goes my business. I'm going to have to go find some kind of job and figure it out. Um, But I was very fortunate that I had that influx of business, but that influx of business almost killed me. It felt like it came to a point where I had to say, this money isn't worth it, this this career isn't worth it. I just knew that it no longer was in alignment with me. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to let that go, especially as a business owner, where you have consistent income coming in and you're like, never mind, I'm going to give all that up, you know, and start something right. new. Really it was hard. Very, very hard. And to also have to tell my entire audience, guess what? Not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. I've had some difficulties shifting my community over the last couple of, uh, you know, few months, yeah. the last year. I've had some people that are very supportive, and then I've also plateaued on TikTok a little bit. And I'm like, that comes with the territory and things we have to work through. So it's Mm -hmm. not just everybody goes through it, you know, and even if you don't see it. This is something that most entrepreneurs go through, especially when taking such a big pivot.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's lean into where the direction that you're heading now. When I look at your content and I'm like, okay, I need to talk to amber more about this because i'm not sure like i kind of get it but i'm not sure so what does building a content structure in an ecosystem look like like what does what does that mean tell me more
0: absolutely and this is where i'm gonna have so much fun in my marketing next year because i haven't even fully kind of launched this messaging um so it's gonna be super fun but basically Building a content ecosystem, this is where I love working with creative entrepreneurs. And I have, I'm very 50-50 left brain, right brain, very type A though. So I love the organization and structure that comes with content strategy. We can look at numbers. We can have an action plan. It is very concrete. So that most creative entrepreneurs, they like doing the creative stuff. Um, You know, So I get to bring in that element of structure and organization, letting you know, hey, based on your audience, based on your business goals, too. That's what a lot of people don't align content strategy with their business goals. I'm like, then why are you producing content if we're not 100%. aligning it with your goals? So that's kind of the, the gap that I'm bridging is like, you like doing the creative thing. I like doing this like analytical marketing thing. Let's bridge the gap, create a workflow and a system that helps you create content effectively, efficiently And saves you time because I know a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners go into this thinking, I have to be on TikTok. I have to be on YouTube. I have to, I have to, I have to. And that's not the case. And that's where I step in and tell them, there's no point for you to be on Twitter because you are an XYZ. Like I come in with that strategy and that workflow of, you know, you're producing great content on TikTok. How do we repurpose it on reels and YouTube shorts to grow Mm -hmm. your audience bigger? And I help bridge that gap because, again, there's so much information out there telling people to be everywhere and you can't. Mm -hmm. So it's like, let's create something that works for you specifically for your business. And for you, it might not look like reels. Maybe you absolutely hate reels. So let's create some great graphics and carousels. So that's kind of where I step in and help create that ecosystem of what works for you, what's going to help you hit your business goals, and what's going to make it easier on you as a business owner.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes. May and James Co. has all the resources you need to create audio assets in your business. You can go to mayandjamesco.com and check out all the things. We have done for you and done with you services that will meet you at any stage of your business. If you're starting a podcast or refining what you have, or if you want to create audio to support your coaching business or for your marketing efforts, there's so many ways to create audio. Let's chat. Take what you've learned on this podcast and implement it into your own business. You can find the link in the show notes and use code podcast to get 15% off any service or product on the site. Start building your brand, your community through leveraging your voice and organically creating income and impact today. And I was actually gonna ask that because what if my audience was more over on TikTok, but video isn't my thing because it's just not where I'm comfortable at? How do you address that? Like, how do you like, you know, and I think it's okay to gently nudge ourselves to try things.
0: Absolutely. But if it's
1: not gonna resonate because it's not who we are and we're not gonna keep showing up, what does that look like then? And and so I think. Even just how you said, so on Instagram, you would convince or not convince, but you would work with the client to be able to be like, OK, we can do carousels. We can do something like this just a little differently, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the way I coach in people into it, and it totally depends. Of course, I'm going to give you a little nudge to go towards video. Mm-hmm. But we can do video in your way. So I'm going to use you as a case study here. Mm-hmm. So essentially, what I would say is we're showing up on this podcast. There is a video feed. So it's not necessarily, if you're comfortable showing up here on this video feed, let's rip, you know, exact clips from this podcast that will perform so well on TikTok. And that's not you having to like set up a camera and do this and talk directly to it. So we can pull video from other places in your marketing or in the things that you're doing. Or for instance, I've worked with artists in the past. They're like, I don't know what to do and get up and say on TikTok. I'm Film for you're working on your art for like 30 minutes. We're just going to do a time lapse of you working on it. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to lean into that. We can tell a story with either audio or text on top of the video. And, you know, it's an easy way to show up there and really leverage the power of short form video is it right now. Mm-hmm. But you don't feel so uncomfortable or so outside of your comfort zone. And even if showing up in those two ways doesn't feel good. Maybe it's something that, you know, we do create more of those graphics and we pull stock video to make it kind of, we fit the video format and you don't really have to show up there and we can kind of yeah. make it work. Again, I, I will always nudge people towards video, but in the level that they're comfortable in for sure.
1: Oh, I love that. So many good tips and points there. When I work with clients and we are setting up a new audio feed, whatever that looks like, I'm always... Nudging the video because I said, even if we don't use it, like use the whole thing, we can pull clips, or if you're more comfortable with adding it later somewhere, we already have it developed and edited right absolutely. so yeah i'm I'm a firm believer in doing first a what you're comfortable in, but b, let's do two things at once so that we don't oh, have yeah. to go, oh, dang, I wish I would have done that from the beginning, right absolutely, because, I mean, we can repurpose so much stuff from video clips. Like it's incredible what we can do when we just start thinking a little differently and how also how exciting is it that we get to work with so many people in different industries? Because I think like artists, like you're right, I got to work with an an artist too online recently and she was so amazing to work with. And, you know, just even trying to figure out what video and audio look like. I mean, video is actually almost easy because like, yeah, it's so visual. But how do you bring in the audio component to really tell your story? And Once we started talking and she realized how important and the value and all those good things and and the content that she had already developed, because that's the other thing I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't realize how much great stuff they already have.
0: Absolutely. A hundred and ten percent. And that's kind of where I like to bring in that ecosystem of Mm. this connects here, this connects here. Mm -hmm. And I kind of build that, you know, I take the puzzle pieces and help them build the puzzle because it's just like you can't I even do it to myself. Listen, I you don't always see what you can't see in your own business. So I'm like, that's where I come in and I connect those dots for you and and make it easier and simpler. And we, you know, everybody always comes to me, I've run out of content ideas. I'm like, you've run out of content ideas. I can go to your sales page right now and probably find at least 10 content ideas just on your sales pages or on your website. Or I could go Mm -hmm. back through text messages that you've exchanged with business pals. Like there's so much content that lives in our everyday and in our business that we can leverage.
1: Yeah, I think, but the key is sometimes for us to just take a step back, hire somebody like yourself to be like, okay, let's see, like, what is the overall picture here? And let's build out a system. So, when you work with somebody in this way, what is the structure? Are you doing like six months at a time? Because it's not a quick, easy fix. Like, how does that look?
0: Yeah. So, this is where I'm, you know, I've kind of made this big shift over the last year. Mm -hmm. So, the last year, what I've done working with clients. It's either been a self-led like DIY have a course. Um, right. I do VIP days with some additional support afterwards or I do one-off okay. coaching type of situation. Mm-hmm. Next year, what I'm looking into because I'm currently building up my offer suite, I have gotten those people that want to come in and they're like, I need six months of your time. So I'm starting to play around with the idea of long form coaching, group coaching programs, more workshop style because this stuff is so hands-on. Mm-hmm. Um, and unlike certain other businesses, I feel like, this is like, we need to workshop this together. We need to have our hands dirty. We need to get in there, even though it's all digital. Um, yeah. Speaking, we're getting our hands dirty together kind of thing. So yes. that's the forum that I work with people. Um, obviously leaning into more digital products as well for those people, you know, because I know I would love to help every business owner at every stage, no matter where they're at. And not everybody can afford the big group coaching package right away. Like right. I totally understand that. Um, so you know delivering Mm -hmm. smaller digital products that can help you along the way and then my youtube youtube will definitely be the way to learn the most from me get the biggest bang for your buck because it's free (laughs) you know that kind of thing so that's kind of my content strategy there as well with that
1: i love that well we'll have to be totally looking out for that is there anything that we that i missed or that we missed chatting about that you really want to touch on that's happening in the new year or i mean i think you said it pretty good i I think people are like, I, I would be 100% excited to check out your YouTube and to work with you in some capacity you. because you're just such a wealth of knowledge. And I think, like you said, I love VIP days too, but it's nice to be able to meet clients where they're at and what supports they actually need. And I have a Absolutely. lot of clients that are like, oh, wait a second. Like, I don't want to let you go yet. I love building capacity within teams, just like it sounds like you do. But, you know, it just depends where they're
0: at. Exactly. Yeah, no, I would say the only thing that I want to leave people with, um, I know that content creation feels the most, can often feel the most frustrating for business owners because we're all like, Instagram hates me, TikTok is for kids. You know, we have all of these things that go through our mind and guess what? They still go through mine too because, and even though this is my career. So don't feel like you're alone in this. And the frustrations are real, but there are simpler ways to do it. You don't need to be everywhere all at once. And the one thing that I tell people, yes, I've shown up on all these platforms. I'm still figuring it out and Mm -hmm. I still get overwhelmed. And even though I help others, you know, I always have to constantly help myself as well and know that I've been in this industry for so long. So for me showing up on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, don't compare yourself to me because we're in different stages of our journey. Again, yes. this is my job. You know, I always try and yes. tell people that content creation literally is my job. Your job is to run a completely different business than mine. Mm-hmm. So to expect you to have the level of content that I do, it's just not fair kind of thing. So I always like Absolutely. to leave that because, uh, of course, I've given so many tips and and thoughts here, but I don't want people to ever compare themselves to like, Amber did X, Y, and Z and she's the expert. Like, yes. you guys this is my job. This is like yes. literally why I get paid to do kind of thing. No, so absolutely. just take that with a grain of salt, show up where you can, when you can, and what makes you feel energetically aligned to that kind of thing.
1: Oh, I love that. Such good advice. Where can people find you before I let you go? Because we're going to do some quick rapid fire questions, but where can people find you?
0: Yes. Um, so again, everywhere. I'm a creative co on just about everything. I am making the big shift again. I've always loved Instagram and TikTok, but my big focus next year will be YouTube. So I want to push that. Let's push the YouTube channel. So a creative pile over on YouTube. So there'll be a brand new fresh video the first Monday of 2023. That's the big launch plan. So just kind of stay tuned for that.
1: Ah, That's so exciting. I'm so excited for you because I've watched a few people in this online space move and shift over onto YouTube in this past even just year and yes. I'm like so excited to watch their journey and, and it gives me like a little glimpse of oh well if I really did want to do that what could that potentially look like so I I am totally along on the ride with you I love awesome. it um thanks Thank for sharing you. that of course okay so before we let you go I'm going to do a few cra- a quick questions nothing like crazy don't yeah. overthink them Love it. okay what parts are you of yourself do you feel most proud of?
0: Ooh, that's a good one. I would say over the last couple of years, I've gone through some really, really rough times personally. And I think the hardest part as business owners, nobody gives us a guide on how to navigate life and a business. Yeah. You know, it's, we can always look to other people have maybe been through it, but I'm, I'm just kind of proud of myself for getting through the last couple of years. It was tough. It was definitely I tough. I entered my, you know, I'm 30 now. So entering my 30s. Late twenties is is hard, so mm-hmm. you know I just kind of figuring out life stuff and just knowing that I always have my audience that is there for me. You know, people were checking on me, making sure I'm okay. um so I'm very proud of that community that I built and also what I've gone through and kind of persevered through, even as a business owner last couple of years.
1: Ah, uh, I love that I love yeah. that Do you actively listen to podcasts or are you more of a reader, and if you lean on one or the other, is there? one or two that you have just like held on to that's really helped you to kind of get through personal business all that good stuff because there's so much good stuff out there and it's really hard for people to know like where to go I have friends that don't even listen to podcasts even though that's what I do because they they just find it overwhelming
0: yeah I was gonna say I try and when I'm listening to podcasts I'm either I love a good like short give me 15, 30 minutes kind of podcast if I'm learning about my industry. So one person I lean on is Shine With Natasha. She's a wealth of information. She lives here in Tampa, Florida, too. Oh, I love um, Natasha. She's, yeah, good friends. Um, so I lean on her, but then I love a good like NPR in the morning. Give me like quick, because I'm not a news person, but I'm like yeah. I want to stay on top of things. Yes. Um, so something like that. And then I do enjoy a good like personal podcast. I probably can't say that it's it's a little bit vulgar, yeah. but you know, some of the more girl girl talk kind yes. of podcast. I love those as well, just for some fun entertainment. And then for me, I do also like reading, but reading I really le- lean into like I love uh, nonfiction. Or yeah, I always forget. Yeah, nonfiction is what yeah. I, I nonfiction and fiction. I no, no, I um, know. But, like a personal development kind of book, a marketing book. I love those kind mm-hmm. of things. I can't dive into. I appreciate like the fantasy readers and the, I just can never get into it. I <laughs> like, it's just That's not my, not my I mean, thing, thing, but I appreciate but, it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I, I love that you kind of touched on a, a variety of different reasons why you listen to what you listen. It's kind of like having coffee table books. I have like, I'm a big, like, I love like cookbooks. But I yes. also love learning, self-development because I there's like there's so many like stories even in cookbooks, right? Like yes. I just like like I just like all different kinds of books. I love all kinds of different um podcasting, but actually most of my Rolodex is like learning. I'm learning from somebody, right? But I also have a few fun, like you know, Friday rants or you know, that are more off the cuff that are only like maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Because it just kind of shows that personal side. And I think that's what people really want to know more and more of is who we actually are and what makes us tick, because they can relate to that. And that makes way more sense. So I appreciate that too. Of course. And lastly, knowing yourself now, what would you tell your younger self?
0: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think it took me a long time to to learn to be myself. You know, mm-hmm. I yeah, I was actually just talking to a couple of friends about this when I worked in corporate America. I would show up in like a power suit every day because I was 21 years old, surrounded yes. by professionals. And I thought that's how I had to show up. Um, or I, you know, for the longest time in middle school and high school, I would always just wear like black or dark clothing, very plain. And everybody's like, spice it up. You need some, you need right. a little bit more color. You need, and I'm like, no, I'm going to lean back into what I'm comfortable in you know, all through corporate America and my corporate career, I tried to be this person that I wasn't and wear all the jewelry. And, and Mm -hmm. I appreciate all the people that do that, but I'm like, it's just not me. So I tried to fit this specific mold because I thought that's what would lead me to success. And I'm like, no success. I wish I could tell my younger self success is when you are yourself doing what you love. And I know that sounds so cliche, but if 21 year old me could see where I am now, I'm like, Please just don't go do don't go do those crazy things and try and fit molds that aren't you. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the biggest piece.
1: Oh, my gosh. So you just even touching on um, corporate America, what has entrepreneurship allowed you to be able to do like differently that you wouldn't have been like if you would have stayed that course?
0: Mm-hmm. Like what yeah.
1: what's the difference for you um, for your life?
0: Yeah. So for me, this is going to sound so to give more context too, I also have ADHD. So, you know, the whole structure of corporate America didn't work so well for me. Um, I was a very high volume, high producer because that's, I've always been that way, a little bit of an overachiever, but I had a problem with, not necessarily authority. I can listen to people, but the, when they, they're like, this project is going to take six months and it has to get approved by X, Y, and Z. I'm like, We're literally changing one color on a website. Like, what? Um, So that's kind of what drove me nuts about corporate America. Or if I had this great idea, it had to go through this pipeline and it would get Mm. bottlenecked. And I just, that kind of career does not work for me. Or just the same boring task day in, day out. Can't do it. So entrepreneurship has allowed me to again, not only find myself, but work in a capacity in the way that I want to, Mm -hmm. um, because I have no problem working hard. Obviously, we don't want to do too much hustle, hustle, uh, but I don't mind working hard. I just want to work on the things that I want to work on and shift when I want to shift and pivot when I want to pivot. So entrepreneurship really kind of leans into the way that my brain works and instead of fighting against it. So that's kind of the opportunities that it's allowed me. You know, Of course, there is more of an income potential, but my goal isn't to run this million dollar business. I'm like, if I can just live my lifestyle and live comfortably, whatever, you know, that corporate salary was, yes. replace it and I'll be fine, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's kind of what it's afforded me.
1: Have you always known that you were creative?
0: Um, so like I was, I've also done every single creative craft or hobby you can think of. Um, so I've like done the scrapbooking and the jewelry making. Oh I God. absolutely love photography. I you know, did so a photography cool. side hustle for a while. But even since I was a small kid, I always had journals. Um, I remember for like my eighth birthday, I got a Spice Girls camera Polaroid. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, my mom, my poor mom, she's like, we've run out of film. Um, We can't find film anywhere. I would just shoot like crazy. So yeah, I've, I've always been a creative person. But also balancing that weird, uh, my brain works so weird because I have the creative and then I have the type A, which yes. sometimes clashes. I'm not gonna lie, it does clash <laughs> at times, but yeah, definitely. Pretty
1: cool combination though, right? Because sometimes some creatives are like, have a hard time moving things forward because they're wow. in this like creative zone, right? Or, you know, and then you get others that, have a hard time allowing ourselves to be creative because we just never really thought or were told that we were in any way. So yeah, I think your combination of being yeah. able to structure that is pretty cool, but yeah. also pretty amazing that you are allowed the opportunity through owning your own business to be able to explore all those different paths like, yeah. you know, creativity and entrepreneurship allow. So thank you so much for sharing your story. I loved this conversation Um, And I really, really do hope that people will find you over on YouTube or over on Instagram because you are just an amazing human. I love what you stand for and who you are and what you represent. So thanks again for your time, Amber.
0: Of course. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for listening into the show. It truly means so much to me. You can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes, and please join the conversation over on Instagram at Me and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.